Welcome, everybody. I'm Reverend Jennifer Hadley, and it is my pleasure to introduce introduce Venerable Dahani Oahu. And her topic this month is Stepping Out of the Matrix. Venerable Dahani speaks directly from her heart, offering pure wisdom teachings of direct insight and practical application in the tradition of Cherokee and Woodland View and Tibetan Buddhism. These are the mother and father streams that energize Venerable and are the foundation of all that she shares. Welcome, Venerable. Thank you so much, Jennifer. And uh, hello to each of you who are present on this call and those who will listen in the future. May the seed of wisdom within each one flourish and grow and come forward as ever more skillful activity. May the heart wisdom reveal your natural luminosity and may the seal of ignorance be removed and the luminosity of your knowledge revealed. Thank you. So the top, you're welcome. The topic of our talk today is stepping out of the matrix. Consider the matrix like a tapestry of thought woven by our beliefs, our acceptance of beliefs, our emotions, our very elemental nature supports the dream that we call life. The matrix is ignorance of our luminous nature. The matrix is giving over one's natural wisdom and spiritual authority to some outside authority. So how does one step out of the matrix? Consider that you have a job, you are working, you travel on the road or your work is on the the wires of the electronic age. So how does one unwind from the matrix? First, you recognize that it is your mind weaving it and your acceptance of the thought forms that are promulgated. So what are some of the thought forms that are promulgated? Oh, there are many. Those that we want to address immediately are the idea of them and us, friend and enemy. Why? Because through the thought form of separation, we create obstacles for ourselves and we become more entangled in illusion and also controlled by the thought forms of fear. To step out of the matrix is to understand how each emotion contributes to our acceptance or our awakening. For example, water, natural pristine awareness, sweet waters, may become the medicine of forgiveness, purifying and pacifying the sense of fear, anger, ignorance, doubt. Why is water a medicine? Because it dissolves, it penetrates, it permeates, it has the sweet sound of a song. 
How does water carry a song? It is vibration formed in space. So the sweet waters of forgiveness enable us to erase the thought forms of fear. How? By forgiving ourselves and others for what might have been, could have been, should have been. Water can be like a flood, emotions running wild, and water can be like the tears of joy as a newborn opens its eyes looking at his parents. Sweet water, this is the medicine. The sound of forgiveness is conveyed in our voice and our choice to see each person as containing the same elements as we do. So what is the message of water? It is that we may wash away our doubt, our sense of guilt. We can repattern the very fabric of our lives through the sweet medicine of forgiveness. In a sense, the water is a washing that in each moment we are like a newborn. And it is true. Each moment we are reborn. And when we make the commitment to nurture the wisdom seed within ourselves and others, then we are reborn in this moment. Well, what has brought us here? And what are some of the patterns that have given rise to our being a human being? Attraction, repulsion, our concept of I, the comfort of feeding, and the mind that identifies. We know some things are comfortable, some are not. And so through the attachment to the senses without recognizing the senses as not separate from awakened wisdom, we begin to think that the object that we want is somewhere outside. People want freedom from confusion. People want freedom from illusion. And often it is thought that freedom is found outside. And in truth, the freedom is an aspect. It is within us. So how do we choose to recognize that wisdom state? We begin by understanding what are the five skandhas, the pathways of the elements that give rise to form. In the Heart Sutra, we are chanting it often. All five skandhas are empty. What does that mean? The pathway of the elements themselves give rise to the appearance of our human body in accordance with patterns that swirl like dust, attracting hail to form in the empty sky. So the very patterns of our thought and emotion invite the elements to form and give rise to what we see as our lives. Sweet water arising from space. 
sweeps away the illusions and purifies and pacifies the struggle of forgetfulness and the attachment to the means of ignorance. So what are means of ignorance? We may think we are only worthy if certain things are done. We may think that others are less worthy. The meme of not enough is part of a marketing age. And just as that illusion of not enough is expressed, there is the creative wisdom of generating joyful abundance through the dance of offering appreciation that another day has come, appreciation that we are awake and exploring that we have relationships. So what is the significance of our relationships? In the sense, they are a mirror of the one, the one light, the one wisdom that has become exploring dancers, looking at the potential of the wave, form, sensation, perceptions, mental formations, consciousness. These are elements of the dance and they are ripples in space and time. Particle wave duality, weaving a tapestry that we consider our lives. So there is our personal relationship with the elements arising that has to do with our sense of comfort our sense of not comfort, our wanting, not wanting, and also belief that I is a separate and discrete individual. Awakening to the fact that I is actually part of a dance then becomes a song of liberation that one may sing a song of joy, understanding that every being is an echo of one song and the ways in which we meet one another is based on the thought and emotional patterns we've held. So when someone appears as an enemy, then that is the attachment in the matrix and the tapestry of life that is contrived from the mind's attraction or repulsion, or it may be contrived as a means to move people along certain streams. Thinking of the film, The Matrix, one understands that people have become batteries supporting particular thought forms. What is the thought form? The thought form has been that there are limitations to the human capacity. And through that limiting view, then there is stratification of accomplishment, of power, of generating capacity for joy and abundance. So take off the glasses and see behind the symbols, 
when you are online, you may see as you are choosing to participate in a certain newsletter, there may be words that say submit uh, rather than saying join. So the simple use of the word submit is an example of a contrived method of inhibiting the natural flow of awareness and communication. So what does one submit to? One submits to a concept, an idea of something with power over. And so the wise person chooses the way in which they participate. So it is beyond submitting, it is about participating. So stepping out of the matrix is to weave relationships that are wisdom and life force enhancing with one another. The choice to create a cooperative in a simple way that cooperative is a neighborhood or even three people who decide they will share shopping. And in doing this, they have camaraderie, they're cooking meals together, and they are creating an atmosphere of joy. And in old native way, having feasts, feeding one another, is a way in which we honor the joy, wisdom arising within, and also explore what it is we want to understand more deeply or to accomplish. So to feed the wisdom in one another is another way of stepping out of the matrix. What are the glasses? What are the lenses through which we observe the world? We can observe the world as worker bees. We can observe the world as a unified field of participation and exploration. To recognize that unified field of exploration, we observe the resonance of our hearts. Our heart hears and our hearts know the pulse of the universe. When busy with busy tasks, distracted from the clear communication of the heart, one may not hear the blessings or recognize the wisdom that is there. And then the mind begins to identify with the pattern as being oneself. Well, oneself is a vibrating particle wave duality, wisdom and ignorance, dancing together, exploring to see what we will manifest. So stepping out of the matrix is to recognize what we are identifying. Do we identify ourselves as something separate? Or do we recognize this person we call self is child of contributing to fields arising, futures arising? So the 
identifying of self as this or that becomes a a hook in the design, a hook that keeps one repeating a certain song or behavior. Then there is the conditioned phenomena where we will move by will or impulse that drives our actions in the world. So if falling down, there is the impulse to quickly right oneself or avoid any further harm. Loud noise, one recognizes, oh, look around. So the impulse to explore can also become an impulse that entraps when it is the impulse to say that my way is better than another way or that there is the impulse to withhold compassion for other beings, then one is creating a hook. How does one see the resonance of our relationships with one another? Consider the wind blowing around the planet. The wind carries the pollen from the green mountains across the sea and also the sand of the Gobi Desert is carried around the earth. So in the same way, the winds of our speech, thought, and action move through the environment and are expressed either as compassionate activities or destructive activities. What is it destructive in our own speech and action? It is destructive to abdicate one's spiritual authority. There is a seed of wisdom within. Care for it well. Understand that our speech, our thought, and our activity contributes to the appearances arising in the world. Wake up to your song of liberation. What is there to be liberated from? Forgetfulness, the illusion that there is not enough. These are the fibers of the matrix that become like hooks, holding one in a small dance when your heart resonates with an expansive song that moves through myriad realms. Consciousness, how do we understand the world? Very much of our perception of the world is through our educational process. We believe that our way is the best way or we understand There are many ways and ultimately those ways that awaken the heart and benefit beings and transform the ignorance of suffering. These are methods of liberation from the net. So how are our senses activated and actively hooked into ignorance, uh, the sense of comfort, ease, and also the belief that it is a certain way without examination. 
like light shining through a house with many windows. We may see in one room dust. We may see in another room treasures. Habit patterns are karmic imprints that are stored within our mind arising from our actions in this moment. In this very moment, we may forgive ourselves and others for what might have been, could have been. Our consciousness, how we perceive the object, is very much a shaper of the result. So if I see the wind blowing and I think a storm is coming, uh, I may think a storm is coming and it may not be coming. Perceiver's consciousness has a relationship with the wind blowing and the sound of the wind may inspire us to speak more clearly and the wind moving across the water reveals the reflection of the moon as just that, a reflection. Do we hear the sound of the tree falling in the forest? Whether we hear it or not, it falls. So while we may not perceive anything directly, Waves of information reach us, arising from the field of potential, and it is through the heart resonance that we sense the pulsations of the earth. We are touched by the tides of the sea. We are touched by the movement of the stars. So you may not know about astronomy, Yet the movement of the moon has an impact upon one's health and behavior. So this interactive relationship is a dance. We can say it is a matrix. And this matrix is also manipulated through certain uh, methods like advertising. In the past, people wanted something sweet rather than water, and now many have awakened to the preciousness of natural water. So, awakening is choosing what we will act upon. So at this time, we see people uh, arguing about uh, who is right, who is wrong. Politics is a dance, a game that has many hooks and in and of itself is a matrix of confusion. The spiritual being chooses the path of recognition recognizing the wisdom potential within ourselves and carefully choosing the words we speak and the thoughts we convey so that we are compassionately energizing that awakened wisdom in every being. So 
skandhas, concepts, myriad threads, potentials which remain inseparable from the wisdom of the open sky, vibrating songs of potential weaving this dream we call life. Energize the vision you want. Yes, it is easy to be excited by the dancing feet of confusion and it is wiser to recognize the pulse from whence all dancing and vibration arises. Our body is formed in relationship with our thoughts, views, actions, and continuous blessings revealed as being born human. Appearances are projections of our minds, interdependent relationships arising from clear light's potential. Your precious human body, a collection of myriad beings, atoms, cells, organs acting as one explorer, based upon agreements and interactions, both conscious and unconscious, expressed through the elements and built via circles of karma, magnetism attracting the elements which give rise to echoes of appearances arising from minds, projections, and aggregates. With compassion for all beings who flail in the seas of samsara, let us unwrap concepts and beliefs with the eye of penetrating insight. What looks like another is seen as an echo of one song. The cries of another are the call to unravel causes of suffering and separation from awareness of what is. Let us understand the mind and the relationship of our mind with our sense organs. We may think the mind is something like spirit or soul. The mind is energy. Let us train our minds that we avoid reaction. Let us train our minds that we joyfully visualize, conceptualize, and energize the ideal of loving community. So stepping out of the matrix, choose not to submit, choose to be, choose to honor the wisdom within one another. Take note of the subtle ways in which uh, one give over their authority. When you sign a document or when you become part of some group, what are you signing on to? Even when you open a bank account, you sign on, you agree that you will pay taxes. Read the fine print. Listen to the possibilities within your heart. When you choose to work with your friend and neighbor, Notice your heart intention to be awake and loving 
energized that intention of cooperation that each one has within the medicine, the seed of wisdom. Healing is a natural dance. Wisdom is our inner song. Let it be expressed. And that is all. Hello? Hi, Venerable. So, I'm just basking in the glow, and shall you, are you uh, ready to take some questions? Yes, I am. And as <laughs> always, my my planned lecture changes according to whatever is happening on the line. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, being organic, spontaneous in the moment is is a wonderful joy to come together and experience it. So people who are on the line and have a question for Venerable, uh, if you're on the phone, on the web call, on Skype, you can press star 2 on your keypad to raise your hand. If you're listening on the webcast, uh, you can type a question in. Of course, if you're on the phone or the web call, you can also type in a question that way too. So uh, either way, you can submit a question in writing or by raising your hand with a star too. So I am waiting for uh, questions here. And as usual, I have some questions. So stepping out of the matrix is liberation. And resurrection is another name for liberation, as I understand it. Uh, Mm -hmm. And A Course in Miracles tells us that heaven and earth shall pass away means that uh, they won't continue to be as separate states for us, that we'll realize that there is just heaven now. There's no separation. And that, to me, is stepping out of the matrix. It is resurrection. I wonder if you could talk about uh, that resurrection in the Buddhist teachings and also in the Cherokee teachings. How is it that concept of resurrection communicated? In the teachings of Buddha, the concept of resurrection is not particularly addressed. What is addressed is the mindfulness and the heart of compassion that recognizes all appearances as inseparable from clear light, wisdom, potential, and that even the uh, states of ignorance have within them the seed potentials of awakened skillful action. And in the Cherokee perspective, there is not a a particular thought of resurrection, nor is there a thought of one being born in sin. There is the realization that one is in a continuous relationship 
and the physical body and is a robe composed of elements inseparable mm-hmm. from the earth and sky. So uh, it is not something to go for looking, uh, the idea of resurrection. It is to recognize the seeds of its presence within and the willingness to live in harmony with all beings. So from the charity perspective, we speak of original instructions. In a sense, we have the heart awareness that hears the pulse of the universe and understands the interrelationship and interdependence of every being and that we are all relatives, whether walking, flying, swimming, crawling, all are relatives, even the most minute creatures are relatives in the dance. And it is through the heart's awareness that this is understood. And then my understanding through Buddhism is how the heart resonance of great compassion perceives the seed of wisdom within each sentient being and that the suffering that arises in the world is the forgetfulness of our interconnection and interdependence. And thus, with that forgetfulness, people cause harm. When you see that what is done to another uh, is also done to oneself, you can understand that in terms of karmic resonance. So the unkind words that one may speak become a magnet for unkind actions uh, within the matrix of one's own experience. So what we do and what we don't do also has an impact through the heart's resonance, through the field of life. Uh, a way that we can consider the sweet process of pacifying and purifying aggression is that of water washing away from our eyes the view that one is separate from another or that one has more right to joy and life than another. All beings have the same impulse to to live with uh, safety, good food, good relationship, uh, good care, meaningful work, a safe home. And so even a turtle creates a nest. And so in that way, we can have uh, more respect for this interdependence of creatures, understanding that the seed of wisdom is even in those animal beings that we see. So this makes for more care in our speech and our action when we consider how we are connected. Uh, How are we connected? Through the heart pulse, 
from the one field of energy we have all arisen. And it is through the exploration and then the grasping at the concept of I that we forget just how we are dreaming together and thus make harm for self and others. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Venerable. I'm reminding everyone that if you're on the phone, star two to raise your hand, and you can also type in a question. Uh, anyone uh, on the phone or on the webcast can also type in a question. We have Shan raising her hand here. Good morning. Um Venerable, thank you so much for these teachings. They're they're really very pristine and beautiful. So I really appreciate them. Um, I was wondering if you would please speak a little about the way illness can be a spiritual practice and how that would relate to the matrix and stepping out of it in terms of the causes of suffering. Yes. So we can look at our own heart and see how we have chosen to live in a certain place, eat certain food, and have the good fortune to be in such places where we have opportunity and time for regular meals, safety, and most importantly, spiritual practice. And we also have a relationship with the environment. So illnesses are an opportunity, can be an opportunity to see the awakened wisdom of the moment. So when we think about, say, an illness of the stomach or the uh, the digestive system, we would think of the earth element and fire. So we make offerings to the earth, we also give thanks and we ground our bodies so that the electrical energy of earth and sky may move unimpeded through our physical form. And we approach this through diet and most importantly, through spiritual practice. So when thinking of the fires that build up the intestines, we can see their relationship to certain practices, particularly of Amita Buddha's great compassion and the sweet medicine of anger turned to love. Mm-hmm. And then we look at the interdependence of the personal experience with the environmental experience and what is uh, happening in the environment is also experienced within our bodies and so many who are spiritual practitioners offer apology for any harm that has been caused to the environment and also make uh, offering of pure awareness, pure thought, pure food, that where there has been a disturbance 
and that natural equanimity of the water, the earth, that it may be restored. So when we consider illness, we also see the spiritual interaction of the individual society and the environment. Mm -hmm. And so on a, a simple level, the most direct relationship is through the belly, the fire of transformation. And through the heart, we recognize that all is well. The sound of that original song can still be heard. And then we observe the mind and the vision. What are we energizing as human beings? And how are we applying the antidotes to the poisons that give rise to uh, harm in the environment and in the uh, personal body experience because they are interconnected. Mm -hmm. Our emotions say so much about who we are and uh, our emotions also reveal how we may find our way back to the shore free from illusion. So illness of the, the wind, the heart, the mind, they are saying, let us purify our thinking. Let us remove the anger. Let us be aware of what we can be sure of, that doubt is uh, transformed. So whatever is the illness, also, it is revealing an opportunity to see wisdom as it is. Mm -hmm. And then for the very skillful practitioner, there is the dedication of one's own experience that others may also have ease and understanding. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it is not necessary to take on the illness, although many do. Um, and so as that is happening, let it become a mirror to reveal the awakened potential within the situation. Mm -hmm. So uh, also people are feeling um, distraught. The mind, the imagination is uh, running about with what ifs, uh, the what ifs of changing politics uh, in a sense are uh, hooks to keep one wrapped in the matrix. And so fear is uh, anchor in that illusion. So as the thoughts of what if and doubts arise, let one energize their ideal of awakened loving action. How shall I express it? How will I be that awakened being? Jennifer asked earlier about the resurrection um, and to be reborn 
in this moment is actually an option for everyone to pacify the confused, aggressive states within by purifying our speech and action and energizing the realization that we are all relatives and having compassion, this begins the letting loose from the traps of confusion, identifying with the traps uh, gives energy to the traps. So wise person becomes courageous in the recognition that yes, there is wisdom within and I choose to live with it and live it. And of course I can hear uh, people's questions. Well, how do you deal with changing economies? You create new ones. How do you deal with loss of loved ones? You treasure the relationships you've had. Uh, where we place our attention is giving rise to further experience. So let us place our attention on the moments of awakening and understanding. with compassion for self and others. We are all swimming in this sea together. Let us unwrap concepts and beliefs with the eye of penetrating insight, that is to see behind the appearance. Um, so appearance of limitation certainly affects people if they're crossing borders or going to the bank and a check wasn't delivered on time. Uh, those are appearances uh, in the immediate relative experience of limitation. And in the ultimate, we see our accomplishment and we plan for our accomplishment. And on the level of the heart, we make an offering that someone may be fed or some candles may be lit. And in this way, the energy of generosity and reciprocity is restored. Mm -hmm. From the moment we are born, we are getting older. And as His Holiness Dujan Rinpoche once said, no one gets out of here alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So each moment is a precious moment and opportunity and to have appreciation and to know that in each moment, we are connected with all time. And what do we choose to energize? Mm -hmm. 
there is a certain point where by not participating in the ignorance, it begins to fall away. Mm-hmm. So would you work the same way uh, as you've been mentioning that with um, like the relationship? If you could talk a little bit more about the relationship between illness and earth healing. Um, yes. So we live in a time where there are many substances that are flowing through the water and our bodies that a hundred years ago did not even exist. Mm-hmm. We as human beings created the, this new chemistry and as human beings it is uh, time we transform this chemistry that is has been harmful into something that is not harmful. So in terms of caring for the earth, let us not poison her anymore. In terms of the spiritual practice, we make offerings of appreciation. The emotional elements of the earth are feeding nurtured, knowing that we are nurtured and having appreciation for the ground. And what is the earth's wisdom? It is treasure. And the treasure that we all share that is never lost is the treasure of our precious relationships with one another. So giving thanks for those relationships and of course seeing a physician and having the good care and checking that your your body has what it needs and looking also at the heart-mind that the heart resolves its sense of loss and recognizes the ongoing treasures of relationship that continue to nurture us. Thank you, Venerable. You're welcome. I just really quickly wanted to ask you, I don't want to take up all your time this morning, but can illness also be an offering for others? In the Cherokee way, yes, people would say that. Mm -hmm. That sometimes a healing practitioner would take on the vibration uh, to help another transform it. And the ultimate healing is to recognize there is no disease at all (laughs) that in a moment all balance is restored so we need not take it on for another we can show it's instant transmutation these are very refined practitioners and practices 
and uh, we aspire to that in a flash restoration of balance and ease. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Thank you. For example, you're welcome. Uh, For example, there are some people who uh, practice uh, mind healing, and it has been demonstrated uh, in hospitals in uh, China where a person with uh, serious bladder cancer, as the practitioners are contemplating and chanting, the tumor is shrinking. So those are examples of the right resonance in a flash. And for those who are spiritual practitioners, the right mantra, the right sound is the transformative medicine that brings back the equanimity of the body-mind. Of course, that makes total sense. It's like when you do this for the earth and and it clears up water or it purifies, you know, an area that's been contaminated or something, the same principle, yes? Yes. (laughs) So when you're doing that, when you're doing those kind of practices, you're essentially helping to dissolve the matrix? Is that correct? Yes, because you're dissolving the illusion of the matrix that states that life is not interconnected. Mm -hmm. So there is an illusion, and it has become uh, a hook in ignorance that consciousness and matter are separate. And indeed, they are not. Yes. So grateful. Thank you, Venerable. You're welcome. So we have uh, just... Uh, questions written in and for those who are on the phone on the web call just remember star two to raise your hand at any time and we have uh, Cheryl writing in do our past life relationships follow us into our present life and do we in each life work on the lessons we are to learn from each other and does this become resolved in a life? In our next life, does this soul still come back? So I think she means if it's resolved, does the soul still come back? Uh, ultimately, when lessons are learned, there is no coming or going. When we still have a debt and to one another and a lesson to learn, then we return again in relationship and find ways to balance our understanding. 
and some people make a commitment to return again and again. Jennifer, can you yes. hold on a moment? Thank sure. You. Please talk Absolutely. with the group. I will. Absolutely. And uh, we have uh, someone I see raising their hand here, so you'll be next in Sacramento. And uh, Caroline had written in and asked if this is recorded. Yes, it is recorded. Uh, all of these wonderful wisdom classes with Venerable are recorded. And uh, while I have an opportunity, <laughs> I will bring up that uh, Venerable has a wonderful teaching that she does in the summer. And uh, it's in Vermont. It's going Going to be the so uh, it's a beautiful time to join with her in Vermont, and uh, I look forward to it each year. And the teachings this year are July 1st to July 5th. Uh, it's the summer seminar teaching, and uh, the if you've never been to the Peace Village in Vermont, it's so restful, so restorative to be there. And there's, I like to camp personally. That's what I've been doing. I don't go every year, but I will be going this year. I've gone many times and uh, there are many, many B&Bs in the area. So you can always visit a B&B. &B. Uh, but my preference is to camp on the land. Uh, I, I'm a, a camper from way back. My parents took me camping uh, all through my childhood. So I came to love it. I'm a Girl Scout. So that's my thing. And um, they do have a community building for cooking. So you don't have to cook over a camp stove and or a campfire, unless you choose that. And uh, they're buildings with showers. So it's a very nice way to camp and to connect with other people who appreciate Venerable's teachings so much. And it's an absolutely gorgeous location uh, surrounded by the Green Mountains, right near Britain, the tiny town of Lincoln, Vermont, uh, right near the town of Bristol, Vermont, which is near not too far from Middlebury. It's about an hour south of um, um, Burlington. And I've I've flown into Burlington. It's very easy to fly in, rent a car, or sometimes somebody can pick you up or you can take a shuttle. So there are lots of different options there. I encourage you, if you can't, come and join us this summer. I I love to be a participant with Venerable in those summer seminar teachings. And then uh, April 22nd to 23rd, the Spring Peacekeeper Teachings, also in Vermont at the uh, Sunray uh, Meditation Center uh, in the Peace Village. Yes, thank you, Jennifer, for reminding people of those opportunities for us to meet. Yes, so I was saying about the summer seminar in July, July 1st to 5th. And then the Peacekeeper teachings in April, April 22nd and 23rd. Yes, I look forward to meeting with many of you who are online. Mm -hmm. I also had some uh, continued thought about the idea of resurrection mm. and how there are different ways in which we think of awakening. So... From the perspective 
of being a kind human being, a parent, a mother, father of all beings. That is a Cherokee way of describing an awakened person. This mother, father of all beings actually feels and hears and recognizes the experience of others in any part of the world, in any universe. There is a a continuum of conversation, ripples arising and understanding of interconnection. And then I think about the transformation dance where one is uh, pacifying the illusion of ignorance to recall their natural wisdom state through uh, purifying speech and action and most importantly cultivating a heart of awareness. In a sense, these become illuminated beings. And uh, the concept of resurrection in Christianity, I'm not so well versed in it, other than what I know of the story and life of Jesus Christ, that through understanding uh, death as uh, a change, He transformed body, mind through great compassion for beings into a body of light. And I can see that like the body of light of the mother-father being or as the body of rainbow light. So I look for the common threads that unite different traditions. The language may be a bit different uh, according to the needs of the people. And ultimately, we understand that we are beings of energy, light, loving intelligence, and all interconnected. And so it is that one truth behind appearances that I see as a, a a means of unhooking from the matrix of them and us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, we have a, another question here. We have, uh, I believe it's Dan raising their hand here in Sacramento. Go ahead. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, this is Kathleen. Um, ah. I don't know how that keeps how that comes. This is uh, Kathleen and Venerable. I thank you deeply from the bottom of my heart for all of this, all of your sharing. It's just so amazing. And I wanted actually it's about singing and song mm. and the original instructor the original uh creative sound and um you know I hear about creation song, and I'm wondering is there a specific creation song, or can we create a new song that is a creation song in the moment and um I think I better stop there. <laughs> Thank you so oh, much. right, oh yes, well there. You can hear various 
echoes of creation songs. When you're in a cave, you can hear echoes that sound often like a chorus of old men singing basso profundo. Or you can be in the hills or the mountains and hear what sound like aeolian chimes, which I call the voices of the angels. So those creation tones also relate to five particular tones that um, are very well perceived in the middle brain. So that these five tones uh, are the creation tones and that their vibratory frequencies contribute to the fire, earth, water, uh, space, uh, these elements and air, they have their own frequency. And that frequency arises from the vorticial turning of space. And so you may hear a different part of the creation song, or you may hear overtones of it. And to sound them out, to sing them, is quite healing and illuminating. And also there are creation sounds that take shape. Uh, you can see them sometimes as letters in the sky or in the bark of a tree or in the design of the rocks. You may see the sound solidified, taking on a letter form that somehow your heart recognizes yet does not know how. So can you, have you heard the sound of the earth? Um, I've heard, I, I've, is this a real, I mean, you're asking me? Yes. Um, well, at one time I was in a circle of stones and I felt that I heard the voice of the earth telling me yes. that, um, yeah, so speaking to me. And um, and the water speaks to me as well. And, and I, I guess I'm, you know, what I'm really, um, I, I would like to really know what, like in terms of water, and, work, and and loving the water and being the reciprocity with the water, singing to the water. What songs? You know, I, I sing Awene, and recently a, a song has come back into my mind um, that is, I believe what I understood is that it's a peace song, and I was wondering if this would be really good to sing with water at this time when we are, you know, when we wish to um, help energize peace. And it's... Um, uh, let's see. Ah, yanyo he, ocean no he, no he, no hayo, amitigiwa, something like Yes. The fact <laughs> that you recall it and that it calls you, it means it is the medicine for you to share. Oh, thank you. Thank you. 
tomorrow's World Water Day. I will share. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. So uh, I believe we have time for one more question. Star two to raise your hand. And uh, we have Liz writing in. My hubby says we don't need to recycle. She says, I hate that because the earth is so <laughs> powerful. <laughs> because the earth is so powerful and magnificent, it can take any crap we put into it and turn it into good. Thoughts? Um, it is helpful to recycle because the earth is a living being. And while she is powerful, we also have a responsibility to not pollute her waters and her bones and her breath. Um, there is something in the Cherokee way and uh, Woodland way that we know our prayers can assist the earth in transforming poisons. And we also have the responsibility not to poison, not to cause harm to a living being, which is our home. Mm. Mm. Yes. Because you think of all the plastic bags, the swirling plastic in the Pacific Ocean, and how many creatures have starved because they've attempted to live on the trash, shows again the part we play in stabilizing the Earth's well-being and also being uh, good stewards mm -hmm. of the earth mm -hmm. and of one another. Mm -hmm. And Venerable, we have Rachel raising her hand here. I'm going to unmute you, Rachel. Mm -hmm. Yes, hello, Venerable. It's nice to hear your voice again this month. Hello, Rachel. Hi, and thank you for your lovely teachings. They always are edifying. So speaking of songs, um, in the last month, this, the Adawi song has been coming back to me a lot, which um, I remember from when I was with you in the Peace Village back in, mm. in the early, in the mid-90s, was went something like this. Um, and I want to know if that's correct and um, and uh, what you feel the meaning is of the song coming back to me and as well as what the next stanza is, because I don't remember yes. the actual words. Okay. Well, the Adalis are the wise protectors. In, they are angelic beings, aspects of our awakened nature. Uh, we see them outside until we recall we are not separate from them. Also, more recently, it has come to mean like a leader. In older times, it meant 
uh, angelic being or being uh, guided by uh, awakened loving principles. So Adawi's wise protectors, the people are glad, happy, that serenity resounds, serenity resounds. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. In fact, we open the shrine with that song in each direction. Yes, I re I do remember that. Mhm. Mm yeah. And the fact that you are remembering it now means that there is a message for you in exploring the song and exploring the directions and the attributes of consciousness that are symbolized within the directions. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, um, I hold uh, teachings on the medicine wheel, so I'm very connected to the, the, the teachings of the directions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And uh, Jennifer, in relation to the question of resurrection, you may also think about the gates uh, to heaven or the archangels around the throne to see what they represent in terms of emotions and opportunities to recognize the natural luminous state of compassion. All right, I will. Thank you. You're welcome. We have a, a question from Ava written in, and she writes, Dear Venerable, do you have any techniques for getting rid of negative thoughts and for changing the matrix? And I'm going to tag on to that and ask um, what is the way to undo the belief that liberation is hard and that it takes great effort? Um, when negative thoughts appear, recognize them as just that, appearing energies like clouds moving across the sky and affirm one's appreciation for the gift of life and commitment to expressing love, joy, wisdom, and skill. On a simple level, negative thought arising, 
quickly replace it with the ideal you choose to achieve. Mm-hmm. And the tag on, Jennifer, will you repeat? Sure. What is the way to undo the belief that liberation is hard and that it takes great effort? Uh, certainly, uh, it is comfortable to do what you did yesterday, perhaps, and to step out of the old way is actually like jumping on a trampoline and can be quite joyous. So when one has the idea that it is hard, replace it with the image of this I choose to achieve. Habits have a certain weight to them. Mm-hmm. So a habitual belief that uh, compassion is difficult to express or Joy is difficult to express, or liberation is difficult. It is as difficult as we make it. There are systems that reveal very clearly the path and the way to the mountaintop. And so let us keep our mind on the ideal and be unwavering in our um, pursuit of the natural wisdom that is within. So like paling an onion, let us continually peel away the thoughts as they arise that separate us or cause harm. Thank you. You're welcome. Kathleen's raising her hand again, so uh, I'm going to unmute you, Kathleen, and then this will be the final question. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I'm, you know, I was wondering, uh, you know, about the song that I mentioned. I, I don't know the name of it. I don't know. Uh, and if you could tell me what the words mean a little more clearly, I just understand that it's a peace song, if that would be, um, I'm sorry to ask, yes. raise my hand twice. It's uh-huh. It is more like a, a sound offering. I was told it was a more ancient way of my ancestors speaking. Oshonohinohinohaya <laughs> It is 
There are sounds that replicate joy in the mountain, joy of water's flow, the people having peace in their hearts. So the only word that I recognize and know for sure is the ani, having people having peace in their heart. And the other sounds I think are sounds of uh, like mantras, sounds of medicine. Is clear? Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You're, you're welcome. So we're past our time a little bit here. Thank you so much, Venerable. Oh, thank you, Jennifer, for facilitating these calls. And I also appreciate each person who is on the line and those who will listen in the future that you are exploring your heart's awareness and choosing to energize a world of beauty. I salute that wisdom in each of you. May it flourish and grow and come forward as ever more skillful method of joy, joy, and more joy. And I'd like to speak the long life prayer. Emanation of rainbow light, Dharma wisdom, three fires bright, guide upon the beauty road, calling all to see, crystal reflection, boundless compassion, caller of four winds, Wise grandparents, seven sisters, may your mission be accomplished. May we assist you in the light. May you receive many blessings and live a long, good life. We thank you, Dahani Oahu, gift to the people, great mystery, great lady of the Buddha families who holds a secret Vajrayana in the lotus grove of the teachings of the practice lineage. You are the glory of the Buddha's teachings and of sentient beings. Blessed of the Vajra Dakini, may your life, Dahani Oahu, ever remain firm and long. Wado. Will you and Shan call back in a bit? 